Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape the community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. This is Lake Effect on 89.7 WUWM. I'm Joy Powers, the amazing Spider-Man. Whether or not you regularly read comic books or watch superhero movies, you've probably heard of this spider-powered superhero. The iconic hero has captured imaginations since he debuted in 1962. Now, a comic book store in Milwaukee is selling an original edition of the comic in which he first appeared. Steve Dobrzynski is the owner of Collector's Edge Comics in Milwaukee's Bayview neighborhood and is now selling this original issue. In 1962, the issue was sold for 12 cents, but Steve thinks this single issue could be worth up to $35,000. Lake Effect Sam Woods visited the store to learn what makes this issue so valuable. Steve, you have a very rare item in your possession, or you're selling it on behalf of someone. Uh, the first appearance of, of Spider-Man, and there's been several movies made based off of this comic, beloved superhero, but can you tell me a little bit about this particular issue that you're looking to sell? Um, the issue in question is uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15 from 1962. It was the very first appearance of Spider-Man anywhere. and it introduced that character and that character became so popular because of that small story in that issue that they gave him its own title shortly afterwards. So this comic was released in 1962. Do you know anything about how it was received at the time? Was it an you know, instant hit that everyone wanted to get their hands on or did it take time to kind of build to its the ubiquity that Spider-Man has in our culture today? Spider-Man initially uh, created by Stan Lee um, he pitched the idea, and his boss at the time hated it. Um, he wanted to put the story out, and his boss just said, spiders are creepy, nobody likes them. Why would you want to do a story about this? Because he made it a teenager. He made it somebody who's got problems. He made it with uh, powers from a spider. And the, his boss did not want to put that out to the public. But Amazing Fantasy was called Amazing Adult Fantasy until issue 13, issue 14, or up to 14, and then 15 was Amazing Fantasy. And then it stopped after that. It, it was the end of the run, they were gonna do that last issue, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And they said, go ahead, do your story. And he did the story with Spider-Man in it, and it was very well received. It sold out very quickly, they had to do some type of follow-up because they people were demanding to read more about this character and so that's why they gave spider-man his own series starting with spider-man number one uh, so the first appearance was amazing fantasy and then it went spider-man number one the headline that's been out there is that you know you're looking to sell this for 35 grand or you think it can fetch up to that point but can you tell me a little bit about um, how you got to that price point and also what that process is like to, to sell a book because I imagine you're fielding calls from kind of all over the nation. It's not just necessarily people in Milwaukee who can come pick it up. Correct. Um, when first uh, approached by this, it's I was asked, what is this comic worth? And you can't really say it's worth X number of dollars. It's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay. If the only bid I can get for this book is a dollar, then it's worth a dollar. If the highest I can get is a million dollars, then it's worth a million dollars. It's basically 
the range of sales that I've seen in the last year or so have been anywhere between around 24,000 to I've seen up to 35,000. I've seen books of the same quality for sale for 70,000. To me, as a comic book retailer, I, I see that as unrealistic prices, but if somebody's willing to pay for that, then that's what that comic is worth. I'm imagining when someone called you to say, hey, I think I have this particular issue of, of Spider-Man in my possession. Um, and I'm imagining your reaction, you probably get these kinds of calls a lot, and you're a little skeptical at first. But can you walk me through uh, that journey of you know someone calling you up, saying I have this, to you actually verifying that they actually do have this, and this is a incredibly rare item? The conversation usually goes, I have the first appearance of Spider-Man, how much would you offer for it? Okay. Do you have a reprint? Do you have it in hardcover form? Is it something that uh, was in the newspaper? Um, it, there's a lot of questions I would have. And I first say I would have to see it before we can identify it and then make the de uh, determination of what the value is after I see it. Because there's a lot of times that people will call up and say, I have the first appearance of Spider-Man, and it ends up being the free comic that they gave away in the uh, Milwaukee Journal. For 24 weeks, they offered 24 volumes of Spider-Man in a comic form, about an eight-page book, and it gave you this first appearances and everything in there. And there's a difference between that book and the actual real article where it came out in 1962 that is the valuable book. How many copies are there in existence of the world? Like, how, how rare are we talking here? Um, it's, it's hard to tell exactly how many are in the world because they, they probably printed 500,000 plus, but comics went to paper drives, thrown out. Uh, I can't tell you how many times somebody comes in and says, yeah, I used to have all these books, but my mother threw them away because it was supposed to be trash reading. It was just comic books. It, was, it wasn't supposed to be anything that, that was going to help you in any way, shape, or form throughout your life. But it helped a lot of people uh, increase their vocabularies and read stories and were entertained. And it's basically wholesome stuff. So, But how many, going back to how many there were, um, there's a comic book rating service called uh, Comic Guarantee Corporation that does comic evaluations and encapsulation which they give you a professional grade on the book and then they seal it up into a plastic holder and they say this is what this the condition of this book is and it verifies that all the pages are there and everything else and according to their census they have done about 4,000 roughly books that they have graded um, there's also another company uh, called CBCS that does also comic book grading. I don't know how many they do offhand, but I'm sure they've probably done uh, maybe a thousand or so more. So in the world, if there's 10,000 of these books in varying degrees, that sounds like it's probably about right. You kind of touched on this a little bit of why these comics are valuable, but for people who aren't into collecting comic books or, or reading comic books, can you describe maybe through analogy what's so um, important about this issue or why is it so, you know, seen as so valuable? It's iconic. I mean, it's, it, it's prevalent in everywhere in the United States. You show a picture of Spider-Man and everybody knows who he is. The movies are coming out, uh, all the Marvel movies, all the DC movies are showing Batman and, and they're giving the live action stuff. It's giving that an extra uh, recognition to those characters. People who don't read comics are still going to those Marvel movies and 
spending their money and watching these for entertainment purposes and having that piece of history this is the first time spider-man has appeared anywhere that's what gives it the panache the yeah. that extra i own the first appearance of spider-man in comic book form of an original comic people like that you know to have that uh in their collection that, that, that they say that you know i own this you know it's this is important on that point it seems like there's two two motivations here for someone who might want to purchase a book like this one is like i have a you know i i grew up reading these or i grew up watching the movies i i have other aspects of spider-man or aspects of superheroes in my um in my collection and i want this because it just gives me that special feeling knowing i have it and i'm imagining there's also probably people who are looking at these dollar signs and saying this is an investment this is something that i can i can buy now hold on to and value appreciates as time goes on do you know if these tend to go to people who have that emotional personal connection to the subject people who are looking at it as a financial investment or some kind of combination in between? Well, it's actually three different kind of classes of people. It's people that collected it when it first came out. And it was just, they loved that character and they bought all the issues and it was just part of their collection. Uh, the other ones are the collectors who are being completists. They want every issue. They're going back and looking for that issue number 27 or yeah. 52 or whatever it is that they're, they need for their collection to complete their set. And then there's the third parties, which are speculators who are looking to say, well, if I buy it today, will it be worth more tomorrow? Will it be worth less tomorrow? No one knows the future on that, so it's one of those things where you see ups and downs with prices. There, there are those speculators that are buying books like this, but they're trying to find it for the least price that they can get because they want to make as much money as possible on the secondary sale. Moving off Spider-Man or this particular issue uh, of first appearance of Spider-Man, I want to talk more about what's in this shop. So I'm, I'm looking around. We're in, the, we're in the shop now, and you know, there's there's comic books, of course, but there's also some memorabilia. There's some hoodies. There's some uh, um, looks like some some helmets around. But I'm guessing not everything here is fetching multiple thousands of dollars, right? Uh, there's a range of options and price points here. So can you talk a little bit more about what's what's here at your shop, Collector's Edge Comics? We're mainly 95% comic books and comic-related items. Uh, we do sell very limited uh, different types of collectibles or kitsch items that we pick up in collections, but it's mainly comics, uh, trade paperbacks, uh, graphic novels, which are almost the same as trade paperbacks, and uh, back issues. This new comics are both new and uh, older uh, back issue comics. The new stuff comes out weekly on Wednesday, and those goes on our, on our racks, and then we rotate those racks after five issues, and we put those in our archive, in our basement archive. We've got close to a million comics, We've got more than anybody else around. We have people coming from the surrounding states, and they also tell me the same thing. Nobody has what you've got. I understand that. We don't have everything that everybody else has, and that's true, but we've got more than anybody else has. Yeah. So when people are looking at complete collections, they come to us. So you probably somewhat often have people come in asking, like, hey, I'm looking for this particular issue from, you know, 1987 or whatever. And, you know, it's they start describing it to you and say, do you have it? And I imagine you had to walk down your basement and, and leaf through everything. Or do you get that often? And how does that work? A lot of times it's I'm trying to find a story. It had a guy in it. 
he had, I think it was a superhero and um, in it, he was driving a car or something like that. And it's it, a lot to go on there. <laughs> we've, we've had less to go on and identified the item um, by asking questions. We can find uh, different covers and show, was this the cover you're looking for? If they say, I don't know what particular issue I'm looking for. And uh, we can show them or, or get us to identify the book and then look to see if we have that in our back stock. And it happens about 95% that we'll have that issue. And somebody will say, I'm looking for you know, issue number 24 of this series that came out in the 80s. We have it. Whereas you go to someplace else, they may have it. And that's, I'm not saying we're the only ones that do, but because we have that archive, people come here to complete their collections. Yeah. How long have you been doing this? Like, How long did it take to build that archive of a million issues in the basement here? Collector's Edge was initially uh, started by Jeff Parker in 1984. Um, he did this as a part-time operation where he was open a couple days a week, and, and he grew that into uh, four locations, uh, five at one time, but uh, up until about the year 2000 where he ended up getting sick and the stores were going to close, and because I knew Jeff and I worked for Jeff uh, uh, one day a week, I said, I'll buy the store for me to keep that store going. So um, we've developed it since then, and now I've actually owned the store longer than he has, but he's the one that started the initial locations. For anyone who thinks they have a rare item or, or just an item that they want to know more about, say they're cleaning out grandparents' basement or something and you know find a, a comic book issue they don't know about or they think something's rare and, and want to know more about it, what's the, what would be some of your recommendations for how to go about finding out more about what you have? First of all, protect the item. Um, you want to make sure that you don't put any additional creases or folds or tears in the book because that will all take money away from the value of the book. I always tell people that on an older book, every tear crease or bend you put in that is like taking money and ripping it up. So you protect the book. Second, call somebody that knows comics. If you don't know a comic shop in your area, uh, ask somebody to see if they do and they'll be able to lead you to a place. When someone brings a collection in, I, we identify the book, I show them how to grade, I show them what the price is for a near mint copy as opposed to a lower grade copy, and so they know what they have. If you don't know, and not everybody knows about comics like I do, I try to impart that knowledge on people and give them that information. Well, Steve, uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, really appreciate it, and good luck with uh, moving that original Spider-Man. Oh, you're quite welcome. It was my pleasure. That was Steve Dobrzynski, owner of Collector's Edge Comics in Milwaukee's Bayview neighborhood. He spoke with Lake Effect Sam Woods. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lakeeffect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.